Lord, we just want to say thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is so strong in this place. The Holy Spirit is so strong in your, this place. Just tell yourself to wake up. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord protects me from danger. So why should I be tremble? When evil people come to destroy me, my enemies and foes attack me. They will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surround me, my heart will know no fear. Even if they attack me, I remain confident. The one thing I ask the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me, as his tabernacle, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hallelujah, Jesus. I, I just want to bring a word of encouragement. I was just thinking about something this morning, how as parents we have to teach our children to establish faith in their hearts. And uh, I want to honor my mom and dad. My mom turned 84 yesterday. And, uh, but my mom and dad created a culture where we knew that there was power in the name of Jesus. Um, we were just instructed, like, if we ever got sick, my mom didn't go to the medicine cabinet and start pulling out medicine or rush us to the doctor. We just went in, and my dad laid hands on us and rebuked fevers, and sickness left our house. I mean, it was like, I didn't grow up expecting to be sick. And my mom was the kind, if you were sick, uh, you could stay home for one day from school, and the next day, you're getting up, and you're going to go to school. So I had this mindset, I, I wasn't born to be sick. And when sickness, like, tries to get on me, I mean, literally... As my husband is my witness, I would say, get out, get off me. If I get a sore throat, I get out right now in Jesus' name and take authority over it. Um, we've had, I had a, a thumb that started getting arthritis in it. I mean, it was just hurting like crazy. And I said, get out of my thumb right now in Jesus' name. I have, you have no permission to be here. And it left. It left. And so, and I was thinking, I never grew up thinking I was going to be broke. And I got this a little messed up because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't live like I was broke and when I was broke. <laughs> I mean, I used credit cards and I, I made it. But <laughs> thank God I made it till I married this guy. <laughs> but I didn't grow up thinking that I was going to be broke. And so it was a mindset. I mean, we lived in a little trailer out here on Marble Front. Remember mom and dad? Uh, when we came to pastor in Caldwell. But my dad built the most beautiful fountain. And we had a deck that was just amazing on our little trailer. <laughs> 
And I felt like, you know, our house was like a palace. My mom kept it so clean. All the food tasted good. My mom is a potatoes and roast beef and chicken. And I mean, we just basically, but we had good food. So I didn't have that mindset of like, I'm broke, I'm sick, I'm, but I thought this morning, Lord, it's, it's what we think in our head, what, in our hearts, you know, I mean, because we read it in the word of God, but sometimes we have to instruct our children to start at a young age and believing what God's word is true, what it says. And so I just want to encourage you because there is so many exciting days ahead. When we were in worship, I heard there is going to be suddenlies in this house. Suddenlies in this house. I heard that there is going to be people when it says, and all of a sudden they came to themselves. They woke up. People have been in hypnotic stupors. People have been dibbling, doubling, or dibbling in witchcraft. And I'm telling you what, you want to get rid of that. If you have anything in your house that has to do with occults, or uh, any kind of witchcraft, get rid of it. In Jesus' name, go burn it. You will sleep better at night. You will not have nightmares. You will not have panic attacks because the, de the devil wants to come and kill, steal, and destroy you. And God came to give you everlasting life. And if you watch in the heavens, heaven is invading the earth. Heaven is invading the earth. This rain, this thunderstorms, it's not just weather. I'm telling you, heaven is invading the earth. And get ready because it's the best season. It's the best time to be alive. And you get to have it. He's not going to withhold his love from you. He loves you. He loves you. There's nothing you could ever do that would make God stop loving you. And there's nothing you could ever do that would make him love you more. Because he says he is good. He is love. He loves you. And so I just, I love him so much. And one last thing, God has renewed a hunger for the word in my heart. We went to the lagoon last week and I read the whole book of Revelations. I was scared to death to read Revelations when I was young. This time I read it and I couldn't even put it down. And I have been home every morning. Christy and I, we've been getting out our Bibles and just reading together. Just read your Bible and read it out loud because your own ears need to hear your voice say it. So thank you, Jesus, for blessing my husband today, God. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that we feel right now. It's such a privilege, God. It's an honor to hear your word. And I bless your name today in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Wow, it's good stuff. Get scattered out here there for a while. I was kind of feeling like when we try to share the counter in the master bathroom, so I had this much room and she had the rest. But it's like, uh, as Renee was talking about how we teach our children, the things that we teach our children and speak over our children. Cassie, would you just run up here really quick? She shared something with me this morning that... Mm, that was obedience right there. Did you see her run? <laughs> My darling, darling little granddaughter, Addison, is... This is the mom to Addison right here. I'm really proud of 
proud of Cassie for the way that she's raised her children, but the way that she's raising this child is exceptional. You know, by the time we get to our fourth, we've gained a little bit of knowledge and experience. So, uh, some things that just happened. Would you would you just share what Addie's teaching you? Yes, I will. Um, so Addie is very um, active, to say the least. Um, she's a trying little a girl. Broken toe. <laughs> She's very bold. Um, so she's going through a little bit of a stage, and uh, she's extremely difficult right now. But um, I lost my temper. I try really hard not to, but I had lost my temper on Friday, and she kept doing exactly what I had told her not to do. And my reaction was I slammed the counter to get her attention just really hard, and I said, Addison, I told you and told you. And I really raised my voice at her. And she ran out of the house and she played in her sandbox for a second. And I, I went out to the porch and I sat down in the chair. Just tried to take a, a big breath. And um, she came running to me. Mommy, mommy, mommy. And tears just running down her face. I missed you. I said, sweetheart, I haven't gone, in, gone anywhere. What are you talking about? She said, but you forgot. I said, forgot? What did I forget? You forgot that I love you. <laughs> I said, oh, sweetheart, no. What? What do you? She said, and you forgot that I love you. And you love me. And that you love me. And I said, I got it, Jesus. <laughs> I got it, Jesus. Because a little three-year-old just told me exactly what Jesus wants to say. You forgot that you love me. And you forgot that I love you. Let's not forget today. <laughs> God is good. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, God is good. Now you turn around and look at the other one and say, God is good. And together, he loves me. For God so loved the world, and who's the world? That's you and me, all of us. For God so loved us that he gave his son that we might have eternal life, eternity to be with him. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves me. He loves each one of us. He's a good, good God. I'll say that one more time. God is good. Mm. In the last, no, not last week, a couple weeks ago, I, I brought a message on, on the two brothers, the, 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 the prodigal son and the older brother. Anybody remember that still? Talking about the two, the two brothers and, and, and the testimony and the witness that the two brothers had. The story that, that they would have after they came back together. And, and I just want to talk a little bit about the goodness of God this morning. He is a loving, loving father. Think about the younger brother that came back. And, and he came back. I just want to touch on that 
Talk about that just a little bit more. It was a younger brother. The father divided his inheritance. The older brother got his. The younger brother got his. Most likely half of what the older brother got. The younger brother went and just squandered his inheritance completely. His father's money, he came back broke. But when he was over in a very destitute, a very tough, tough situation, he began to think how much his father loved him, what it was like in his father's house not only to be a son, but what the servants, how even the servants in his father's house were treated. So he went back home. When he went back home, he was fully restored, not only restored, but celebrated that he came back home. But he didn't have to start over. He was reestablished with a brand new robe. He, he got a brand new robe. He got brand new clean sandals, unworn before by anybody, on his feet. And he got a ring, which was like the family credit card put on his hand that he would be able to seal things with. So he was completely reestablished and celebrated. So what an incredible testimony that he would have what I want to talk about this morning when he starts talking about his father he's he is a family member he's the younger son but when he has a testimony to share with somebody do you know how just his heart would be overflowing with gratitude as he talks about going back home after messing up so bad and how his father just wrapped him up in his loving arms, ran out, kissed his neck, cried on his neck, and, and, and dressed him up and celebrated his return. Oh, that is good, isn't it? Because that's a good, good father, right? Isn't that how a good father treats his children? I'm so glad you're back home. I love you. I've always loved you. Now, I don't necessarily approve of what you did and how you squandered the family fortune, but I love you and you are completely restored because I trust and believe in you. I know who you are and I know what your future looks like. And if you only knew that, and as you know that, as you begin to understand that, I know you're going to straighten up, son. Because I see the end. I know who you are. And all you have to do is realize, my son, who you are, how much I love you, and everything I have is yours. You're entitled to all of it as your inheritance. That's a good father, isn't it? And when your dad's like that, Aren't you just dying to tell people? Dying to tell people. That's probably not the right. Excited to share with people how good your father is. All right. We serve that same kind of father. He is a good, good father. And we represent that father. I want to read a couple, a couple of scriptures to you now from, from Exodus. We're going to start Old Testament here. Uh, this is Moses talking to God. And 33rd chapter, 15th verse, Moses said to God, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't even bring us up from this place. You know, that's, that I, I've shared before about a, a dream, vision, I call it drision that I had a long time ago about where I heard in that the voice of the Lord. I, I know that was the voice I heard that said, 
It's about the presence, my presence, not the plan. Nothing more important. Moses is saying, if your presence doesn't go with us, let's don't even bother taking us out of this situation. I feel the same way. If your presence isn't with us, I don't even want to go into that church. I don't want to try to preach. I don't want to try to teach because it's all about your presence, Lord. And if your presence isn't here, isn't among us, if we don't get to sense it, if we don't know that it's here, it's like, I give up. What's the use? What are we here for? I mean, the Bible says where two or three, Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. Now, that's a good reason to come to church right there, isn't it? Say, oh, I can stay home and watch it on TV, or I can listen to the podcast, but that's only you. Where two or three are gathered in, in my name, there I'll be in the midst of them and say, but I'm a, I'm a carrier. He lives in me. But you know, there's a, a, a multiplication factor when two believers come together that's just really difficult to understand or explain. There's one scripture that says where one can put a thousand to flight, referring to demons, two can put ten thousand to flight. There's another scripture in, in, in Deuteronomy where, where God is communicating through, through, through Moses as, as to what's going to happen when they're going out to take the land, and he says, and five of you will put a hundred to flight, a hundred running away, five of you will put a hundred to flight, a hundred of you will put ten thousand to flight. It's like, that's the power of unity in the Spirit. But to receive unity, that means more than one. We have to come together and be together. Hebrew says, you know, man, don't neglect the meeting of the brethren. It's important that we come together and meet. Because in unity and in numbers, there is corporate blessing and multiplication. When we came together last Wednesday, oh man, it was really powerful in here. You could, it's like heavy to walk through some of the time. What, wasn't it, Tim? Wouldn't you describe it? He was talking about heaviness. I mean, there, yeah, we'll get into some of that a little bit later. But I just want to say that there is a corporate blessing when we meet together. We need our private time. We need our time alone with him in that secret place. But you know that secret place can be right here, just between you and him. You don't have to be off in a closet somewhere. You don't have to be in your car, sitting in front of your house with the worship music blaring. You can be in the midst of others where God is at and still be in that secret place, just you and him. Oftentimes I'm saying, you know, we're worshiping to an audience of one doesn't matter what the people around you are doing or what the people around you are saying, but when it's vertical worship and we're all doing the same thing, there's still multiplication in blessing. Ah, that's good. Okay. I'm going to move to the 19th verse. 
33rd chapter, the 19th verse, Moses. Moses is talking to God. Now he said, without your presence, I don't even want to go. I've got to have your presence there. You know, one of the really awesome, cool things that just so blesses me and confirms that we're doing what we're called to do is when, a lot of times when new people come in here, they will say, I felt the Holy Spirit when I came in this place. It's like, you know, there's a lingering presence because of what takes place and what happens in here. It's like we're carriers of the Holy Spirit because we have Him inside us. But again, there's that multiplication factor, and I believe there's a linger factor where we've come together and people step in. It's like sometimes, oftentimes, I've even heard people say in the parking lot, but you can walk into the the prayer room a lot of times just like, oh, wow, wow. Susie was, uh, was mentioning just the other day, there's places that she walks through in the church and experiences some supernatural things just walking in here cleaning and I said yes 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 you're not alone (laughs) okay Moses says to God speaking to God show me your glory God says to Moses I will make all my goodness pass before you. Show me your glory. I'll make all my goodness pass before you. I didn't ask for your goodness. I asked for your glory. Show me your glory. Are you with me? Is it up there? Yes. Okay. We're going to skip down now to, uh, to, to 22. After God has done the explaining, I'm going, to, you know, I'm going to proclaim the name of the Lord. I will be gracious to whom I want to be gracious to, compassion to who I want to have compassion on. Bottom line is you can't see my face and live, so here's what we're going to do. So it shall be, verse 22, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover your face with my hand and, and all of this stuff. But I just want, while my glory passes by, it's 22, Back to 19, I will make my goodness pass before you. So the glory of God must be the goodness of God. Is that what you see? Is that what you read? Let my glory pass before you. And then in just a few verses before, I'm going to pass my goodness before you, what he says first. And then he says, when my glory passes you. So his goodness is his glory. So the goodness of God is the glory of God. Okay. And we, we, us, you and me, are to be ambassadors of reconciliation. Jesus came to represent his father, and he did an incredible job of representing his father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I only do what the father has shown me. I only do what the father does. I only say what the father has said. So Jesus was the perfect bodily representation of the father on earth, right? We are being transformed, being conformed into the image, 
by the renewing of our minds, we're constantly being transformed and conformed into the image of Jesus. So we will be representatives, ambassadors of God and of His goodness. Right? We are representatives, we are ambassadors of the glory of God, ambassadors of the goodness of God, because we are ambassadors, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.18 says we are ambassadors of reconciliation. Our mission is to reconcile people to God by bringing glory to God, and the glory of God is the goodness of God, so it's our responsibility to be carriers of the glory, which is carriers, representatives, and doers of the goodness of God. And God is good, isn't he? And what's the basis and the root of goodness? It's God who is love. And because he loved, he gave, he did, it's out of the goodness of the Father that He gave His Son for us to be the propitiation, the reconciliation through Him, through Jesus, on the way, the truth, and the life to the Father. So we got a good foundation laid. We all, all good. The glory of God is the goodness of God. And we each are called to be ambassadors of that goodness. Renee and I uh, did something so spiritual last night. We went to Local Legends concert downtown in the plaza. Uh, the Local Legends. And we got so, I just, you know, I said, no, 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 no. We're so busy with the church stuff all of the time and with, with the people in the church. And we love it. Except we don't hardly get out to do anything else or do anything with anybody else because we're doing it with family right here. This is the people we love. This is the place we love. We're doing the work that we love. So don't get me wrong. But we went to Local Legends last night and it just absolutely blew my mind. We're, we're walking in there, you know, looking around and I've lived in Caldwell for 63 years. And... Renee's lived here a long time, I don't, <laughs> since the 70s. I don't know how long, but not 63 years. She's not even that old yet. Um, so in so doing, the, you know, the, we have made an impact on people, not necessarily intentionally, not necessarily even knowing what we've done, but stumbling around there, you know, getting out there in the, in the public there just a little bit, we get in about five steps in and somebody, you know, came running up to me and gave me a big hug and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm hugging her back and I'm like, who in the world is this? <laughs> and I didn't used to be a hugger. I wasn't really raised up to be a hugger. Only like one person and that was my Aunt Betty. She was the, was the big hugger and uh, uh, so it's just by the love of God and my love for people that I ended up becoming a hugger. And what was weird to me is people are running up to me hugging me that weren't from my hugging past. <laughs> but I think when, when we walk in 
And when the Holy Spirit, I'll just say, begins to do His work in us and in our heart, it softens things up so we become more huggable, just more lovable, because we are more loving. But uh, there again, so this, this girl comes running up and, and just, I, I, I didn't know whether to step out of the way if she was looking at somebody behind me, but ran up and just gave me a big hug and, and it's like, huh, and she, then she backs up and looks at me and says, you know who I am? It's like, yeah. yes, kind of. Help me just a little bit. She, no, you guess. It's like, oh. She was a cousin of mine that I have not seen for a long, long time. Uh, you know, as we, as we grow a little older, we grow a little larger. And it just sometimes makes us more difficult to recognize. And our hair changes colors. And, you know, some of those things just start to happen. And it's like, oh, well, we, we, we stood and talked for, for a long time and a, a few more steps. And a, a, a gentleman, James Barrett, somebody, he's cleaned the carpet in the church. He's never been to church here, but... And we've had other things over the years, over several years. And uh, man, he wanted to come up and handshake and a hug and just visit. Well, that probably happened, I don't even know. How many times would you guess that happened last night? A lot. A lot. And then I began to realize when, after I got home, it's like, my goodness. There are a lot of people, when I wasn't even on church staff, that my life impacted and I'm just learning from some of those people now when they want to run up and, and give me a hug and just, you know, stand there and visit and, and say something that, that they appreciated. And, man, I, you know, that was so awesome when you or something about. It's like, oh, we were both just really blessed by, I mean, it was a little bit of a shock. There were three different people that I didn't quite recognize. I had to wait and visit with for a while. But when you haven't seen someone for 15 years or 20 years, Obviously, I haven't changed a bit, but they definitely have, you know. <laughs> but it's the impact that our lives have on people as we share the goodness of God with others, as we're called to do. So it's not about just what happens here at the church and how sweet and how loving, but it's about the integrity that we walk in, the, the generosity, and, and who we are when we're outside of this place that impacts people's lives, and that just came back, I mean, it came back in spades, <laughs> that just came back so powerfully to me last night, realizing, wow, sometimes we need to get out just a little bit more, get beyond. So when we go out this Wednesday, working on some people's houses, what a great opportunity to be ambassadors of His goodness, to represent God well and to represent Valley Church well, to go out into the neighborhoods and take care of some, some physical needs that some people have as we share the goodness of God. Well, that's pretty slick how I worked that in, wasn't it? My wife is always telling me, don't look at that stupid clock. And I hear people out here saying, thank God he looks at that clock. 
And I even heard a clap over there. <laughs> and I'm looking for thumbs up. <laughs> Ambassadors of reconciliation. It's, it's, Romans 2, 4 says, it's the goodness of God. I'm just giving the short version of this. It's the goodness of God that lead people, lead us, lead me, to repentance. Christy preached a, an amazing message here a while back on, on, on joyful repentance. And I've touched on this once before. As we establish our relationship with Him, with the good, good Father, understanding who we are as good, good sons and daughters, as loved, cherished sons and daughters, that when we're convicted... R.T. Kendall said one of the most amazing things that stuck with me now for over 14 years. One quote. He said, you can, I can tell the closeness in measuring my own relationship with God. He says, is the duration measuring the amount of time between when Holy Spirit convicts me and how long it takes me to repent is a great measure of my relationship, of where I am in my relationship with the Lord. It's like the distance, the measurement of the time between conviction and repentance. Now that's, that's joyful, joyful repentance when I'm looking, when I'm listening, when I've come back to a loving Father that has embraced me and said, I love you, son, you're amazing, you're incredible, and here's what I would like you to do, here's what I want you to do. We're going to do this together, hand in hand, side by side, uh, is how we will accomplish this. And I say, just show me when I mess up, because I want to fix it fast. Show me when I mess up, because I want to fix it fast. Because I know how much you love me, and because of how much I love you back, I want to fix it. That's joyful repentance. And there's nothing wrong with being corrected when we mess up a little bit. He says, I know just how many people there are here right now. Thank you for that text. Uh, I brought that phone up here, not for that reason, but uh, wow. That threw me off. Help me out, my dear. What was I just saying? Nobody knows. I got three different answers right there. <laughs> yes. Oh, 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 yeah. The, you know, a loved son is obviously talked about in Hebrews. If he loves you, he will discipline you. He will correct you. And that correction is because he loves us and he wants us to be on track, to accomplish, to be walking in the fullness that he has for us. Thank you, Christy. Matthew 5.16. Can we get that one up there? Matthew 5.16. I'd probably like to read that one. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The glory of God is the goodness of God by seeing the good works that we do, that we accomplish, that He is glorified through what we do. That light that we allow to shine is, is His light, the light that He shines on us, the goodness that He's given us, the favor that we have in our lives. If we will share that 
as I was talking about Stephen up there, like we, we, we begin to recognize the gifts that he's given us and dedicate those gifts to his purpose. Why does he give us gifts? What are, what are the spiritual gifts? Why does he give us spiritual gifts? To glorify him, to edify the body, basically. It's for the edification and the, for, per, for the perfection of his body, the body of believers, which is the church. We are given gifts so that we can be a gift to the church. So we let our light so shine, let the gifting that he's put upon us, the honor that he's put on us, the, 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 the favor that we have, use that for his glory, not for our own benefit. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4.20 and 1 Thessalonians 1-5, through 5, these, are, these are two scriptures that say, I just want to preface it by saying, we are to worship God, John 4.24, we're to worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus says in, in uh, John 14, 20, 21, 19, 20, 21, those who love me are the ones who keep my commands and I will manifest myself to them. You've heard me use this because I just love that scripture. It's where Jesus is saying, I will make myself real to you. I will show you the things that I do. I will show you that I'm real. I will show you who I am. I'll show you what I am. I'll show you what I do because you love me and do what I instruct you to do. So I think of manifestations like, oh my goodness. The, the, we got to see well, Wednesday night some pretty amazing manifestations. Up there this morning, we got some pretty amazing manifestations. Uh, it's just Jesus making himself real to us, is him manifesting himself to us. How many have no doubt, no question in your mind that you have felt, you have experienced, you've seen, you've tasted, you've touched, you've smelled the presence of Jesus? So he's manifested himself to you. And his presence has become real to you. So you begin to recognize his presence through the manifestations then. Yeah? We recognize his presence through manifestations. How many of you that's just been completely by feel? What you feel, what you feel here, what you feel, goosebumps, whatever. The manifestations have been through feelings. Oh, well, that's a whole lot of other manifestations. I would, I would really like to hear some of those, but we probably don't have time this morning. But amazing manifestations. Has it been, how many has been in like in visions where he's just shown you a vision and you know that the visions come direct? How many has been in smell, that you smell, that you know that you can take? Wow, this is incredible. 
I should be videoing this because that's, I would love to count the hands that are out there. How many taste? You know from taste that there, 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 there's been a taste. <laughs> yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is so cool. Man, I may just keep asking questions here for a while. I, I, I love it. I'm loving this part. So feel, taste. So we've pretty much used most of the, most of the senses right now. God uses all of our senses to manifest himself to us. Now, when you think about how you have experienced his manifestation, i got a, a little bit of a warning right here, you can't expect every time that that's what's going to happen. His presence can be all around you, and if you're waiting for that manifestation, you can wait and wait and wait. It's like, I, just, I, I've, I mean, I remember the first time that I got to experience a healing, and, and uh, he showed me, he directed me. It was something that's so unusual for me to be doing, and it was not even touch. It was like, hold my hand up and keep this hand. I was kind of scared to touch the guy anyway, but it's like just moving my hand like that, and I felt it get hot. So I thought the only way that I can heal somebody, or is my hand has got to get hot. Now that happened a few times, and then it really didn't happen anymore. Yeah. It's like, but I thought my hand had to get hot, and then somebody was getting healed. And I thought I had to really feel something surges or, or, or something. And I remember, like right here, praying for a lady, and, and I, I probably shared this before, but that had... Your face drops and you have no, uh, yeah, whatever that, whatever that is. And it was somebody that was not somebody that I was even crazy about. In fact, I just barely liked her. <laughs> if I liked her at all. So, you pray for me. It's like, yeah. And I felt absolutely nothing because the emotion connected to it wasn't a real positive emotion. It was just strictly obedience on my part. No, I'm being real here. Uh, there was no good emotion connected to it, just strictly obedience on my part and then her desire to be healed. And I prayed for her. She was healed. There was no heat. There was no big emotion. There was nothing but obedience. Her face was fixed. She was completely healed. So, those manifestations that he makes are so awesome, are so cool, and where we get to feel those, oh, those amazing spiritual experiences that become such a high for us that all we really want to do with them is chase manifestations and chase highly spiritual things. You follow me? And we become conference chasers, or, we, you know, we're... We're running to where there's something happening. Oh, I heard that it's happening over here. I heard that it's happening over here. It's like, you know what? All we have to do is be diligent. Stay in His Word. Continue to worship Him. Be in unity. And we will be experiencing all that He has for us. Now, it's awesome to go off and, and get a refreshing somewhere else. I'm just not saying, but I've watched so many people 
that have chased here and there and there and here and there and back and another and another and another and another, just chasing that Holy Spirit who's right here all along. We don't have to, we don't have to go. Now, another something that I want to just, just touch on here a little bit, and that's when it's all about spiritual things and all about manifestations, we can find ourselves off track because there's a counterfeit for everything. You know, Satan has created nothing, absolutely nothing. He's the great deceiver, but he's also a counterfeiter. And so there are counterfeit manifestations. There are counterfeit feelings when we just base it all on feelings. I've seen somebody speaking in tongues and start foaming at the mouth and just manifest a demon. It's just like, oh, whoa. Uh, seen, when we were doing Celebrate, Recover, Celebrate Recovery, I saw a lot of things, but not just in Celebrate Recovery. Uh, and there's a... I'm going to share one more story with you and quit looking at the clock. (laughs) I was in the hospital, and I know I shared this from here one time, but it's been a long, several years ago, like right after it happened. I was in the hospital and went to pray for somebody, and uh, I was just about to get ready to pray for him, and somebody stepped through the door, and the lady that stepped through the door was just, she was stunning, white hair, I mean, like not young and stunning, but old and stunning. White hair with blue eyes like I'd never seen before. I'm just like, watch her walk in. It's like, oh my goodness. Her eyes were absolutely compelling. I'm just like, wow. And uh, I said, well, hi, can, can we help you? And she said, oh, I, I'm a chaplain here at the hospital. This is over at Memorial, uh, or West Valley. I'm a chaplain here at the hospital. I said, oh, awesome. Well, you're perfect timing. I'm just getting ready to pray for him. And she stops. She's about three, four steps inside the door. She stops and says, well, I probably pray a little differently than you do. It's like, prayer is prayer. What, is, what does that mean, pray differently than I do? She says, well, more of a meditation style. I was like, oh. So the guy that I'm there about to pray for, he's looking at her and it's like, he's like, his eyes are fixed to hers as well. And, so she takes another step and she starts sharing a little bit about you know, God's presence and how he's in everything in nature. And it's like, oh, wow, this is getting different. And he's like inviting her, well, come on in, come on in. And I'm, I'm watching this still just like fixed on her eyes. Like, wow, I have never seen eyes like this before. Those are the most beautiful, compelling blue eyes I've ever seen. So she gets over next to the bed and... And the more stuff that she starts to share, I'm getting to where I don't like looking in her eyes anymore because I'm having almost a hard time with this. And, and she shares some stuff and he starts asking her questions and he's just eating it up. It's like, wow, Eric. Um, finally, I got myself positioned and ready and looked her right back in those beautiful blue eyes again and I said, who is your God? When I said that, creep me out. Her eyes changed colors to an almost black steel gray. And I was like, and she wheeled around, 
and just walked right out. It's like, I'm just, just saying. And I remember before, uh, the Bible refers to that, you know, Satan is an angel of light, where we can end up being deceived. Those who can be, can be deceived. It's like some weird things can happen out there. But there's an antidote, and that is right here. It says, that we would worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, where do we get truth? The Word. The Word, the Word, the Word. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the light. We have to read our Bible. We have to know our Bible. You know, Jesus said a little leaven can spoil the whole batch. You know, there are religions that are really close to accurate but there's just enough deception in there, enough counterfeit to it, that it leads you away from actually missing where you miss the mark. So it's incredibly important that we know His Word. In spirit and in truth, this is the truth. When we're feeling something in the Spirit, when, we, when somebody gives us a word, a prophetic word that doesn't line up with this, man, here's our default. We go to the Word. We go to the Word. We reject the Word that we've received and go to the Word of God. Ephesians 5, uh, yeah, I am definitely out of time. Uh, Ephesians Five twenty-five and 26 says, you know, like, husbands love your wife as Christ loved with church, as Jesus loved the church and was willing to die for her. It goes on and says that we be cleansed by the washing, or that she be cleansed, that we cleanse by the washing of the word. It's like we need a Bible shower sometimes. But, but we need to have these words, the words of the Bible, you know what, if we're just going and chasing spiritual things and feelings in the Spirit, you can get so off track by what you are feeling and be led completely astray by your feelings that are not lining up with the Word of God. Avoid the counterfeit by knowing the real thing. Let's, let's stand together. It's, I'm going to say I'm done. Kind of like Tim last week. I still have more notes, but this is a great place to stop. We can get the prayer team to go ahead and come on up here because we always have a prayer team that's up here at the end of service that's ready to, to, to pray for you. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's somebody here that can lead you through that sinner's prayer, show you, teach you, direct you. And if there's a healing that you need, if there's a need that you have in your life, there's somebody up here that would love to pray for you and with you. Father, I just I thank you that you are such a good, good God. 
You're a loving Father that knows our every need. You're a loving Father that never quits loving His kids. But you're available. You're there. All we have to do is run back, put our head in your chest and say, I'm sorry that I messed up. And you put the ring on our finger. You put the sandals on our feet. You will restore us completely to where we were. There's consequences to sin. And we know that we reap what we sow. The principle of sowing and reaping. There is reaping for what we sow, but there's incredible forgiveness. We have a Father that's ready to embrace us, bless us, completely forgive us, blot your sins completely off. The board, the white board, it's now a clean white board with no color to it whenever we've come to him and asked for his forgiveness. He has the ability to forget and forgive. Forgive and forget. The enemy enemy will tell you, how in the world could you even think that you could go back to him again and ask forgiveness for that? And we go back and say, God, I I am so sorry. I, I just ask that you forgive me again. And from his perspective, he says, again? Again? I forgot. I wiped that completely clean. It's us that hangs on to it. And it's the enemy that reminds us of it. He says, son, daughter, the slate is wiped clean as soon as you've asked forgiveness. Then it's your responsibility to repent, to turn from, and walk in newness of life. That newness that I have for you. I died for you that you would live. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are that loving, caring Father. Good, good Dad. And I pray over each one that we, that as we leave here today, we would be leaving with the confidence of knowing we are loved sons and daughters of the Most High. I pray that the Lord would bless you, keep you, make His face to shine upon you, and give you His peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.